Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 388. Wow. Hey, I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we've just had an exciting week of football, weekend of football. It was great. We had four games. Most of them were pretty entertaining, okay? Yeah, some of them were, some of them weren't, whatever. Look at that Montreal-Calgary game goes to overtime, Massive controversies with the officials. Dave Dickinson losing his fucking mind. I love it. Okay, what the hell was that snooze fest in Ottawa, though? Like, really? I'm looking up. It's almost halftime, and it's 4-1. to one. Sure glad I didn't waste much time on that game. Hey, but you know what? The gods must be crazy. It's just a fact. Okay. So I really don't have much to bitch and whine about. Um, I love Kahari Jones's comment, and he says, I saw people leaving the stadium, and they thought they had won the game, and I said, yes, they're going to miss the comeback. And, whoa, did they miss the comeback. Calgary lost the game. Why would you ever leave a stadium early? I think we've gone over this many, 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 many times. I've never left a game early. It's just why. You paid money to watch a football game. Do you want your team to quit before 16? Oh, look, the Stamps did. So if the fans are going to leave before 60 minutes, why do you expect the team to keep playing? Idiots. Idiots. Anyhow, um, yeah, what can I say? Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's uh, get right into the football game. I got nothing to, nothing to rant about tonight. Uh, we're going to have tons of fun here. We got Matt Nichols being injured. That's not really fun, but we're going to have fun with the discussion on it. The Argos are trying to shop out James Wilder Jr. Hey, come on over to BC. We could use a running back. Let's see what's going on here. I think there's some trading. There's some trades that are going to happen pretty quick. Um, I can see that happening. I, I've got one in, 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 in the books right now because uh, I think, you know, if Matt Nichols is down, it looks like he's gone for the season. They've reached out to Kevin Glenn to come out of retirement. Kevin Glenn thought about it and said, nah, uh, he's happy in his retirement now. And so he doesn't want to come back. He didn't would never play it. He would have been in a backup capacity just in case something happened to Strebler, which, uh, you know, is a, is a smart move. But is Strebler the answer in Winnipeg? We don't know. We're going to go over a whole pile of things. But here's a trade. Think about this one. Okay, Nick Arbuckle's doing pretty damn good in Calgary, even though that game – he got, what, almost 370 yards, almost 400 yards, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he lost the game. I guess his defense kind of gave up or special teams or somebody there, right? Uh, it sure to hell wasn't him. He played his heart out. Uh, so – Nick Arbuckle might be the guy there. Now, Winnipeg needs a quarterback. Let's face facts. You're not going to go the distance with a court without a quarterback. So Calgary may shop out Bo Levi Mitchell. Could he be going to Winnipeg? Give up for the 
the GOAT, right? The greatest of all times. Every Will McDonald keeps telling me he's the greatest quarterback of all times. Most wins, that's all that counts. Most wins in his first season, most wins in the first four years, most wins. It's all about wins, and Bo Levi Mitchell knows how to win, right? But Hoffnagel doesn't like opening his wallet as big as he did, so Bo's back on a sixth game. Yeah, he's probably injured, but that's sixth game, that's 12 12 games out of 18, he has just saved half a million dollars for the cap space by not playing him. So uh, maybe we can just push him out the door for the, the back half and uh, everything would be just peachy keen. Uh, okay, so the big trade, Bo Levi Mitchell going to Winnipeg. Who would Winnipeg give up for that? Well, geez, you got to give up something for the GOAT, right? So you might just give up, uh, oh, who do you need? Uh, Stamps need something on defense, so maybe Adam Big Hill. Adam Big Hill, defense, and uh, oh, who's maybe a uh, running back? Andrew Harris. Andrew Harris, Adam Big Hill going to Calgary for Bo Levi Mitchell. That's the trade of the decade. It's going to happen. Mark my words, it's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> now that I've had so much fucking fun and I've pissed off Mark, uh, let's open up some mics and uh, talk to the guys. Charles, how you doing, buddy? What do you think of my trade? Good evening and welcome back to reality. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that would be a good um, trade. Okay. Yeah, and I might but, walk out in my driveway, and there'll be a giant Hummer sitting there tomorrow morning. Uh, I think the both events are probably pretty much uh, equal in possibility. Hey, you never know. Yep, you I never just, know. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I think know, it's a good trade. It's a good trade for both teams, right? So. I mean, Winnipeg's got a solid defense. They don't need Adam Big Hill. He doesn't need to be there. He's, it's solid without him. So, you know, there there you go. Uh, Andrew Harris, yeah, what, what do you need a running back for when you got Bo Levi Mitchell? I see. Hmm, I'm just going to say on this one, don't hold your breath. I'm just saying. Don't hold, Really? You don't think it's a good trade? Yeah. I thought it was a good trade. It I may it's be a good, a good trade. trade. It's not going to happen, though. No? I don't see that happening at all. No, no not a chance. I mean, Bully by Mitchell, you know what? For Adam Big Hill and Andrew Harris, you might be able to get one of those two. Winnipeg would not give up both of those guys for Bully by Mitchell. I'm not even convinced they'd give up one. They sure as hell aren't giving up two. Well, they're not going to get Mitchell out of Calgary then. You got to open up your wallet. Especially if you're going to pay for him because he makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah got to open up the cap space right and andrew harris and and and, uh adam big hill that'd give you a little bit of space to uh to bring in the 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 goat right greatest of all times i suppose the the tom brady of the cfl Mm -hmm. pretty pretty much as big a whiner too okay um who, who should we open up next should we bring in will or should we bring in art which is Charles, Charles, who do we who do we bring in next? Will, Mark, Will, Mark, Will, Mark. Your call. Well, Will's going to be pissed off about the game yesterday, and Mark's probably going to be pissed off about your trade. So you're going to. I already told him about my trade. Okay, let's just go with let's go with Mark. Let's see what he's like. Okay, we got Mark. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Doing great. I'm not pissed off at all. Trying not to laugh too much. Do you really think the Bombers would make the worst PR move in the history of that team? 
to get what, Bo Levi get, Mitchell? To, to bring in Bo Levi Mitchell, the greatest player of the CFL ever? Ever? <laughs> yeah. Um, could you mail me some of whatever you're on, please? <laughs> That's it, It's actually quite entertaining. And besides, not only did they reach out to Kevin Glenn, but Bob Irving says that they should go and call uh, Drew Willie. Drew Willie! Oh, God. Please do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Marcus Crandall's available as well. I knew I liked Bob Irving for a reason. He actually tweeted that out. It's like... Um, he, he's getting uh, senile in his old well age. Uh, yeah, I think there is actually something wrong because some of the stuff he puts out, and this is one of the better ones, Drew Willie. Well, you know, maybe... He needs to get a like a, a a muffler on his Twitter account or something, you know. Censor, <laughs> get it. Yeah, what do you call right. him? A, a, a proofreader, <laughs> only a logic I reader. Drew Bledsoe before I called Drew Willie. And like I was saying, yeah, to man, Charles I would earlier. go with Joe Powpow before I go with Drew Willie. Yeah. Like I said to Charles earlier, with Strebler, maybe the Bombers can set a record for most running plays in one game. Between Strebler and Harris. I don't know. I think the Riders have got that with Durant and, and Corey Sheets. <laughs> True. Because he sure didn't throw the ball. Okay. Well, let's open up the mic and bring in Mr. McDonald. How you doing, sir? You you think the greatest player of all time would go that cheap? I want Stanley <laughs> Bryant and, and Hardwick as well. Okay, I know I don't want Willie Jefferson. I want I um, want two offensive linemen and I want and I, I don't want Adam Big Hill. Corey Greenwood is just as good. Um I uh, but I want uh I want Andrew Harris, absolutely. And yeah. uh yeah, I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it live on television right now. Okay. No, radio. I do believe radio, I do believe Andrew Harris is better than John Cornish. Oh because, my good we'll lord! Never, I've been we'll, saying that for and we'll what, never, a decade. Wait, wait, we'll never be able to tell because John Cornish's career was cut short. So, but Andrew Harris is pretty fucking impressive, if you will excuse my expression. Okay, so uh, I was quite happy to see him break the record. Although somebody should tell him there's no crying in football. Okay. Come on. I know. Anyway. Come on. Yeah. Where's uh, Tom on. Hanks like, when you need like him? The, the Godfather wouldn't let him cry. He couldn't be on The Sopranos if he cried. Come on. You don't cry. Yeah, he did that on there. He anyway. kill him. Right. That's correct. It shows weakness. So, anyways. But, yeah, I would, I would make that trade for, for four or five or six or seven guys. But the thing that's, that's twerking... The thing that's torching CJ the most is the Stampeders lost, and he can't blame Bo Levi Mitchell, okay? That's oh, no, what the no. Is. I, it, it's the special teams that lost that game. They, 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 they sh- completely shit the bed on that onside kick. There was a whole bunch of special teams that lost that game. Thank you very much, okay? Yeah. And one of them was the Stampeders' defense, okay? Yeah. So, well, there you go. Arbuckle didn't lose that game. 
Not when you put up close no, to 400 yards, not. four no. touchdowns, no. no interceptions. Yeah, but he, he, he came to play though, football. I understand, though, half of his offense was two long touchdowns by what's his name? By uh, Begleton. Okay? Like his, in two plays, his offensive output doubled. Okay? So, anyways. Doesn't so, matter. I got we're, a question for you. What was yes. the name of the movie that you got that line from? There's no what crying movie? in football. Um, no, that wasn't from. Not from a football movie. That's from Major, Major League? League. No, that's not from Major League. That's from the woman's baseball team movie with Tom Hanks. Yes. I know what it's called. Okay. League of Their Own. League of Their Own. There you go. There you go. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. Well, good. Well done, Will. I love that movie. I watched it about one of my ago. favorite. One of my Crying favorite in sports movies. One of my favorite sports movies. I mean, hey, Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna were in that movie, okay? Yep. <laughs> Anyways, are we going to take these games uh, one at a time, or are we gonna, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Yeah, of course we're going to take them one at a time. We always do. We just finished talking about things. We're not finished talking about things yet, are we? Okay. BC in Winnipeg. No one expected this to go any any way other than it did, except for three people on the panel. Even CJ didn't pick the Lions to win this one. Um, Yeah, and uh, it was no surprise. I'm a little pissed off, though, but that's okay. And we'll get to that. Um, Yeah, it... uh, I, I I don't know. They, I think they put up a pretty good fight. I think the Lions put up a pretty good fight. I don't really know. I didn't expect them to win, but, you know, I didn't expect them to look bad, and they didn't. They look like a football team that's on the rise, and I'm okay with that. At 1-8, and eight, I still think they can make the playoffs. We play six Eastern teams in the next little while. Six games with Eastern teams. Hey, we played nothing but the best so far, so it's time to get some get some W's. And I think the Lions are going to walk walk around in the Eastern Division for a little while and take some numbers. That's my personal opinion. Okay, uh, not much to say about this game. It just yeah, it was just one of those games. Mike Riley's got to get some help. He can't get sacked eight times in a game. He can't. He can't. He can't sustain that. I, and I spent about an hour scouring the internet, looking to find out what the most amount of sacks by one team given up by one team in a season is, because I'm pretty sure BC is about to shatter the record. And uh, I couldn't find it. I absolutely couldn't find it anywhere. I found a lot of interesting things that, you know, that BC uh, had one season, 1991, I believe it was where they had six overtime games. They went three for three in overtime that year. Six overtime games. What was that? Yep. With Doug Flutie at quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Charles, go ahead. Talk about this football game. Well, the team I didn't expect to do anything didn't do anything. 
Um, I mean, I know I picked the Lions. I always pick the Lions, but uh, if I'm going to be truthful, they're going into this game against um, against the um, Bombers. I was not uh, overly confident that the Lions are going to win, and they didn't. But I got to say, I know they lost this week, and they lost the week before against Hamilton, but since their bye week, they have looked like a better team. They haven't yes. been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, nope. but they've looked better. When you when you look at the last game before the bye week against Saskatchewan and then look at the next two games, it's like night and day. And, yeah, they lost um, 32-16 to the Bombers. you got to look. The Bombers are first overall. They're 7-2. and two. It's not like they were playing a – a plumber team. They were playing the best team in the CFL. And uh, most teams are not beating the Bombers. But you got to look at it. I mean, the Lions had the lead in the third quarter. They took a lead. The game really took a turn on Willie Jefferson's interception. Because yep. the Lions had just taken the lead, and they were moving down the field pretty well. And Willie Jefferson kind of sneaks out of nowhere and picks off Mike Riley. I mean, Willie Jefferson, I think, is six six. He's a hard guy to throw over top of uh, because he's got not, not only is he tall, he's just got huge reach. So um, you know, he kind of he. They showed it on the replay that he was showing that he was going to come on the blitz and dropped off, and I think I think it fooled Mike Riley a little bit because it looked like he was coming on the blitz and he dropped off and Jefferson in the interception, and that was basically it. That's where the t- game really turned for the BC Lions, and um, the Lions were pretty much out of it from that point. Um, you got to give credit to the Bombers. They were kind of handed a little bit of uh, problems when Matt Nichols went down in the third corner. Chris Trevler did not really look good in relief. In fact, he did not complete a pass when he came in, and he threw an interception. So... Fortunately enough for him, Andrew Harris was there to pick up the slack, um, and they were able to um, produce enough points. The Bombers were not by any means spectacular in this game. In fact, they were ripe for the picking in this game, if you look, uh, if you want to be uh, perfectly honest. Um, but uh, they made enough plays, and the Lions didn't. Um Hey, Deron Carter finally made a big play for the Lions. Of course, he was the one throwing the ball, not catching it, which is bizarre. Uh, it's nice to see Lamar Durant bounce back. He had been quiet the last few weeks, but he bounced back with 108 yards. But basically, the Lions were just a little bit too conservative here. They still gave up way too many sacks. I would they give up seven or eight. Uh, Willie Jefferson was all world in this game. He was everywhere. He had interceptions. He had quarterback sacks. He was all over the place in this one. And um, this is one that the Lions, I think, got to admit that, you know, they could have had this game. If they made a few more plays and cut down on a couple of mistakes, the Bombers were there to be had. But it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, The Lions um, didn't run the ball enough either. I mean, we've seen that the Lions' best games – have come when they've had receivers at 100 yards or more. But John White, uh, 11 carries, 53 yards, 4.8, not a bad average. I still think they should be running him more. 
I think instead of 11 or carries, somebody. he should be up around he should be up around 16 to 18 carries. He's much more effective that way. And he has the ability to break runs. So the the, the Lions are getting there. I know they're still losing, but they're getting there. They're just not there yet. And against a really good team like the Bombers, um they're just not they're not in that level right now. So um yeah, it's a win for the Bombers, although it could be costly with Matt Nichols going down. We don't know how long he's out for. We're probably going to get more information on it tomorrow. So we'll have to wait and see there where that goes. Okay. And that's all for me. That's all for you? You sure? Yep. Yeah, it is. Okay. Mark, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, what do you think? At no point was I actually worried about this game. You know, yeah, it was close, and BC took a lead in the second half. Could have gone either way at that point. But the Lions special teams played the entire game scared. And that was even brought up, Christopher, in an article by on, a, on um, Three Down by a BC Lions fan. They were so scared of Janarian Grant. Opening kickoff it was a 35-yard kickoff. Bombers had the ball at their 45-yard line to start. Really? Coaching again. I know these guys are all learning to coach together, and outside of Stubler, you got a bunch of young coaches, but they're running. Charles brought up the running. They need to run more. They were running effectively in the first quarter, and they stopped. They went with throwing and throwing and throwing, and that offensive line isn't good enough. They really came back to earth. Yeah, the Bombers have a great defensive line, but that seven sacks again, it's getting a little much. Uh, And it was also nice to see in the first half um, Nichols going deep and actually completing footballs. Yeah, like 50 yarders. Two of them. Unbelievable. Yep. It was like, oh, maybe he's actually going to show us something, and then he gets injured. Uh, Going forward, yeah, I'm concerned. We may set a record for running plays going forward. But from this game, what I was most impressed with really was the defense. I knew the offense wasn't going to have a lot of problems with BC's defense. Uh, their defensive backs and linebackers just aren't the same caliber they were. They've lost too many of them. So I knew from the offensive side we'd be fine. The defensive, I was curious to see what Riley would do to us because he's had some huge games. But special teams decided it. And even when they tried to pooch punt, or a pooch kickoff, sorry, he ran it 54 yards. There's your biggest problem is field position. It's the special teams. They've got to start firing people there if they're going to fire anywhere. That's the first to go anyway. You know, it was a great, another good win, especially with uh, the game that ended the weekend the way it ended. Get some extra points. Going forward, we'll see what happens. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. William. 
You know, I I really don't think uh, Matt Nichols is injured. I think uh, he threw those two passes that were over 50 yards, and his arm got tired, so he decided to stop playing. Okay, it was just a it was just for the a rest fall of the season. Fake, okay, yeah. Well, no, no, just for that game, he'll be back next week. Anyways, you know, one of the big, the dumbest things I learned over the weekend, one of the dumbest mistakes BC made was not re-signing Jer. No, not re-signing Jeremiah Johnson. Oh yeah, because in the Al Al's Calgary game, he was he was great. He got over 100 yards rushing. And I don't know. I guess he's just not an Ed Hervey guy or something, or he's looking for too much money or whatever. But they should have signed him. Anyways, you know what, BC? Uh, you guys sound really optimistic about BC, and I've been optimistic about BC all year long up until that game, and now I've decided BC's not going anywhere. They just they haven't fixed their problems. I guess we can say the season doesn't start till Labor Day, but they haven't fixed their problems. I don't know if that coaching staff is capable of fixing their problems. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, and once again, we've been on this subject over and over and over again. Mike Riley, look at all the quarterbacks that are getting injured, and Mike Riley is getting pounded into the turf on every play, and he's still alive. Okay? Did you see that like, hit? He took straight on. He was looking off the left. His body facing right, and the guy comes untouched off the right side. Oh, my God. He, that, that was like a Buck Pierce-like hit. And he just, and he just popped right back up like nothing I happened. Think he had, I think he had an agreement with Willie Jefferson before the game. Hey, if I throw you a touchdown pass <laughs> or an interception, will you promise not to hit me? Okay? Because, yeah, the poor guy. You know what? Who knows about BC? I think BC is getting out coached in every game. And, yep, I know it's a young coaching staff. Um but I've heard around here that people don't have never thought around here that Devon Claybrooks will be capable of being a head coach. We shall see. BC is so far in the dumpster now. I don't think it's going to do them any good for a coaching change. So I would stick with the coaching staff for the rest of the well, you year. You can't change the coach and now. The... Huh? You can't change the coach now. You can't no change point. the coaches well, now. People you can't have do done it. it. You can't People do it. Done it. We now got we cap, got a, we got a management it. cap now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't know how that works. How does that work? Well, if you, you fire your whatever, coaches, whatever you, if you fire your coaches, your coaches. Yeah, but if you fire your coaches, you can't hire new ones. Well, it's still counting. You can. Okay, well, hey, you know what? I'll coach the BC Lions for fifteen grand a year for the rest of the year, just because it would give me thrills. Okay, um, but I, I, I'd I, like to keep Claybrooks. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would like to keep Claybrooks too. He needs another chance. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyways, but hey, they lost the game. Uh, Winnipeg wasn't that impressive, but how you stop Winnipeg is stop Andrew Harris. And nobody is stopping Andrew Harris these days. I guess it goes to the offensive line. Um, I I think 
I think they are in trouble, depending on how long Matt Nichols is out, because Strebler, I'm sorry, is not the answer. And everybody can say, well, look at Calgary and Nick Arbuckle. I think Nick Arbuckle has much better coaching than Strebler will have in Cal- in Winnipeg. So, And he's always struck me as a poor man's Jeremiah Mazzoli. So let's see what happens. I... But we don't. Jeremiah Mazzoli does. Strebler runs a lot better than Mazzoli. I don't. I don't think you can use that quote. I do because I, I think Mazzoli. Mazzoli used to run as good as Strebler in the beginning, and then he learned how to pass the ball. <sighs> okay. We'll see. I mean, hey, I, we don't know how injured Matt Nichols, and I don't know what does everybody think what the injury is, Mark. I mean, to me, it looked like a shoulder or an elbow. At first, he I thought he pointed to his shoulder when he came off. He, he separated so his yet? shoulder. Yeah, I'd say it's oh, separated. Okay. It, it's just the okay. degree of separation that's going to be the big thing. Because I think they probably shoulder. put it back. Well, it's funny because he wasn't holding it when he walked into the locker room, it, so I think they put it back in right on the sideline. I don't think it was dislocated. I think it's separated. Oh, no. There's a difference. Oh, okay? okay. There's a huge difference. No, but I realize. It's his throwing that. arm, so it doesn't matter what's yeah. the matter with it. It's 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 his throwing arm, and that's it's <laughs> going to take months to heal. Right? If he dislocated his shoulder, his shoulder would be hanging down. It's kind of like a Travis Lule thing, where it's swinging around and you can't do anything about it. And the, the yeah, you, but you, the your, way, your the coach way has to put their the foot way. on your rib cage. And pull your wrist yeah. and rotate. Trust me, I dislocated my shoulder three times, and it hurts like a motherfucker. And they rotate it, Until and it, it goes back, back in, in and, and you're really good. Yeah. It, it feels like huge relief when it goes back in. It doesn't work, we're shit, but it feels better. When you separate it, yeah. it just hurts. There's no, no um, relief. But I, I, I just, the way he was holding his arm, I, I don't know. We'll see. It's a shoulder we'll issue, without question. Well, it's just how bad. Yeah. And it was too bad because he was having a good game. So. Okay. So, that's everybody. Now, there's one thing I'd like to talk about this football game. And I think it has, you know... As CFL fans, for the most part, for the most part, we respect other teams and their fan bases. Winnipeg Blue Bombers have gone over the top to prove that they are as classless as they possibly can when the entire stadium starts chanting, BC sucks. Okay, I cannot believe that they actually did that. This is a team who has not won a Grey Cup in 28 years, and they think that they are hot shit because they're seven and two, and they played some really nothing games against some really bad teams. I I I, I don't know. Did, did, that is at the the most classless move I have seen in a very long time 
from a CFL fan base. And I, I don't know. I, I, I personally think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, Wade Miller, should come publicly out and apologize. Okay? My take on this. Final score, 32-16 for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over the BC Lions. Charles, Will, and Phil took BC to win. Mark and CJ took the Bombers. CJ was out by 11 points. Mark was out by 10. He gets the gold star. And I'm not happy about this. If I'm going to pick the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to beat my BC Lions, I wanted the gold star. I figured 11 points was pretty good. Obviously, not good enough. To wrap on this game, let's move on to the Edmonton-Toronto game in Toronto. This is a sellout crowd for the Argos, or very close to it. Edmonton came in and spanked them. The game actually didn't look so bad in the beginning. It was kind of cool, kind of going on, and then I don't know what happened. Edmonton just kind of walked away. Uh, Charles is away for a couple of minutes, so Mark, uh, start us off, will you? Yeah, you pretty much said it right there. Um, sorry, I just have to collect myself so I stop laughing again from uh, your comment. Uh, anyway, how no, can you laugh about that? Do you realize how many decades we've been chanting BC sucks? It doesn't matter. Decades, it's still Christopher. Not... Decades? Decades. Decades. Not on national TV. I have not heard this. Decades. Decades. Uh, like I used to. I used to hear it. I used to hear it when I lived there too. That's yeah. thirty when years ago. Move? Yeah, there you go. It's decades. This is nothing new. It was quite entertaining though. So, um, with with this game, Toronto, they stuck close in the first quarter. You know, they had a good crowd going. It was a happy crowd. They're having fun. Yeah. And Edmonton just walked away from them. I, I don't think just stop playing football. I think just Edmonton picked up their game. Yep. Yeah, at times Toronto's defense played well. They didn't play great, and you can tell by the score. But they just couldn't keep pace. Toronto was getting field goals. Edmonton was getting touchdowns. Yeah. Well, that's right from the opening kickoff. Yeah. Edmonton yeah, gets three touchdowns. Toronto gets three field goals. You, you're not going to win a game when you do that. Yeah. It was just one of those games where they just literally walked away from them. Yeah. And it's too bad because, like I say, Toronto had a good crowd out finally. They were having fun, and they laid another egg. And it's like Harris only had a 68% efficiency. It's not like he was doing one of his 20 of 22, but he hit some huge balls. You know, he had the one 60-yarder, and so he, they just walked away from him. And it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. We knew Edmonton was beating Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that didn't surprise anybody. Yeah. Ellingson just, I think he had his best game of the year. Edmonton's really scaring me because they're really getting hot. And they're just getting 
better and better every game. That's about it. Well, I think they should scare you. Though at least concern you. Because uh, they're going to be a force. Oh, we'll know next week, won't we? Winnipeg's in Edmonton. Yes, we will. We'll know next week. And then you play Saskatchewan twice. Wow. The Western Division could look grossly different in the next That's month. okay. We Somebody already worked out the math, and the Bombers have pretty much locked up the crossover spot already. So. Not <laughs> locked up the crossover spot. Game. So. Well, yeah, do you think? Winnipeg and BC could end up tied, Christopher. <laughs> who won the season series. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to go play. We're going to go play in the Eastern division for a while. It's going to make me happy. Put a smile on my face. Okay. William Edmonton and Toronto. I'm surprised. Uh, Mark, that you say Edmonton scares you because I'm still convinced Trevor Harris is not that good. Um, but uh, what if, or sorry, Toronto? Uh, I don't think he's that Edmonton, good either. Edmonton's just playing good football all, all in all, all facets. Yeah, they, they they do have a good defense. It's the um, defense, but yeah, it is the defense. Their defensive line is, if not the best, close to the best in the league. Their linebackers are great. Um, and their offense can be streaky. They do have some players. So, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? Uh, the law office didn't play that badly the other night, but Edmonton just seemed to take over at one point and, and the game was over. I didn't even finish watching it because I knew Edmonton was gonna, was gonna win. Um, and I don't even know what the final score ended up as, but, uh, yeah, Edmonton should be better than Toronto. Let's face it. Okay, they should. Um, yeah. Until 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 Christopher's favorite quarterback starting, and then the whole league's got to look out. So, um, the Argos might be improved. What's his name? The guy who's always hurt. My God, why can't I remember his name? Zach Caleros. Thank you. Oh, very Zach Caleros. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, is he is he going to play football there? They say he is. So we'll see. Um, yeah. But and they're trying to get rid of James Wilder because they've obviously found some better backs, right? So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. But Edmonton, Edmonton, once again, the West Division is going to be so tight at the end of the year. It's going to be scary. Yeah. It's going to be totally scary. Okay, so, I mean, I if I was Winnipeg, I would be worried about playing Edmonton because they don't have their starting quarterback. So, I mean, but maybe Winnipeg throws in some, a bunch of wrinkles this week for Strebler because, you see, what Strebler was best at is, is, you know, third and one yard, and occasionally he drops back and throws the ball to a wide-open receiver who's 50 yards down the field because nobody caught on. And, well, he's not going to be able to do that anymore. So, 
We'll see what happens. Who is hey Mark? Who is Winnipeg's third string quarterback? Sean McGuire. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a household name that I'll have to look up. All I know about him is what I saw of him in preseason, and he's got a far yeah. better arm than Strebler. He's okay. actually got a really strong arm, but that's preseason. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't know who because I know they cut their third string from last year, right? Yeah. Ryan Bennett, yeah. Bennett or whatever his name McGuire was. Beat him. McGuire beat him coming out of camp. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, we can move on from that game, Christopher, because I didn't really watch much of it. No. Okay. Well, we're not going to move. We're not going to move on from it because it's, Charles oh, hasn't had his Charles opportunity yet. Charles yeah, sucks. That. Why would you say that? What? I didn't say Go ahead, that. Charles. I said Charles. I said Charles is back. Oh, okay. I'm back. Christopher, it's BC sucks. We don't agree with that either. Uh, you know, Toronto hung around for a while in this game, but um, I know Mark said in the uh, previous game that he never felt that uh, the Bombers were in danger of losing the game. Well, I kind of had that same feeling about the Eskimos in this one. I just thought they were out playing uh, Toronto good enough. I mean, they were up 24-12 at halftime, and Toronto tried to remain in striking distance, but you could just tell that they just weren't going to catch. This was not uh, going to be the Argos' day. They tried their best, but ultimately the Eskimos are a better football team, a considerably better football team, and that showed... um, Bethel Thompson, who had a great game two weeks ago in that comeback win against uh, Winnipeg, he did all right. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He had 200 yards and two touchdowns. Trevor Harris had a huge game. He was completing some long passes because he was only 68%, but he passed for over 400 yards. So he was airing the ball out pretty good in this one. Uh, the big game, uh, well, a couple big games here, Greg Allington with 170 yards, and Devarius Daniels, the former Stampeder, with 155 yards. One guy I meant to bring up, because I was thinking about this uh, on Friday when this game was going on, Ricky Collins Jr., eight catches. This guy had a tough time catching a cold with the Lions last year. <laughs> but, I mean, he's been great for the Eskimos this season. I wasn't upset when he left the Lions, but he is playing really good football right now. He had eight more catches to 71 yards and a touchdown, so I don't know where this came from because when he was here last year, I was not overly impressed with him. He was frustrating last year. He kept dropping balls. We're not seeing that this year, so I think this is a guy who has matured. Uh, Chris Rainey stepped in, ran for 58 yards uh, in place of James Wilder Jr., who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, this one, it was just talent that um, won the day, and uh, the Argos are a more talented team than the Eskimos. It showed on the field, and it showed on the scoreboard in Toronto. So, good win for the Eskimos, and Toronto's back to their losing ways, it looks like. Okay, well, final score was Edmonton 41, Toronto 26. Will, 
CJ, you picked the Argos to win. It was upset football that didn't happen. Not really. So, no, we're eliminated from that. Charles, Mark, and Phil took the Eskimos, which was the safe play. Uh, Charles, you were out by a whole pile. Phil, not so many. He gets the gold star today with a 22-point spread. That's not picking the score very well, but his 26 to 19 was the closest to 41 to 26. I don't know how that's possible. Okay, next game up. Hamilton walks into Ottawa. Now, is this a resurging Ottawa Red Blacks team? Obviously not. But I did pick the Ottawa Red Blacks to win, as did Will. So we lost two games in a row there. Actually, Will, you lost all four games this week, and I only lost three because I picked the Bombers. (laughs) Okay. So uh, Hamilton, Ottawa. William, go ahead. All I have to say about this game is I didn't watch it. I was on my way to the Calgary game. Boy, are you lucky. Ask someone else. Say what? I said, boy, are you lucky. Oh, okay. Three hours, most of us will never get back. Sift through that crap. In your life. Oh, good. Because, yeah, I... I did a bunch of stuff before the game, so I didn't even, I actually even forgot it was on, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, whatever. Okay. Uh, Charles, go ahead. Uh, well, uh, you can tell me where this comment. I, I love this game. No, I didn't. I sat there just wanting something so badly to happen in this game. And I'm sorry, but this game was crapped with crap. Uh, this was such a dull football game. Neither offense was doing anything in this game. It was two and out, three plays, four plays, punt. It was a lot of punting. It was freaking four to one at halftime. Now, what kind of football game is four to one at halftime? And I know people say, oh, it was a defensive struggle. It was a, No, it was not a defensive struggle. It was two bad offenses that couldn't put up points. Uh, Dominic Davis was lousy, couldn't do anything. They put Jonathan Jennings in. He wasn't any better. So they put Davis in, and he was doing about the same as before. Um, this was bad football. Neither team had a running game, really. Well, I guess Cameron Marshall had 92 yards rushing on 12 carries, so he was decent. Dane Evans had a 300-yard game. Um, I think that's misleading because a lot of those yards came in the fourth quarter when, quite frankly, the Ottawa defense was out of gas because their offense could not move the ball. Um, The Hamilton offense was only slightly better. Then the uh, Red Blacks offense, they actually got a an offensive touchdown. Well, they got two because they had the one rushing one. There were a lot of bad penalties in this game. It was all around a dull football game, a really dull football game. Um, uh, there isn't a whole lot to say on this one because no one really stood out. Uh, Dane Evans got the job done, like I said, but again, 
he wasn't moving the ball until late in the game when the uh, Redbacks uh, defense had been on the field most of the game and um, not um, not up to their top level. Not to mention the fact that he threw two interceptions in the in the Ottawa end zone. So that's a big no-no to throw one interception in the offensive end zone. He threw two. So that's not something that he's going to be um, overly happy about. So, yeah, there was not a lot to say with this game because this was a really bad, dull football game. So the second game made up for it, but this was really, really boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to insult these teams, but it was dull. There was just nothing going on in this game. Uh, except one other note, Lewis Ward finally uh, his – um, field goal. His field goal streak finally ends at 69. So there's that's that. Almost twice, that. That's almost twice the previous record. I know. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah. So, Hamilton got the win in a dull game. Like I said, their bad offense was just a little bit better than Ottawa's bad offense. And that's about it. Okay. Mark. Yeah, Charles summed it up pretty well with exactly how boring the game was. At halftime, I started looking, rather than listening to the idiots on the panel, I started uh, looking up to see what the lowest scoring game ever was in the CFL because I was pretty sure we that game was going to get to it. <laughs> it's hard to find those stats when you really want to, isn't it? I did find it. it you found this about, one? Okay. Yeah, it took about 45 minutes until I actually yeah. had a Wikipedia page that had it. Uh, 1947, I think it was. Um, it was a 2 nothing game. Oh. It was like the Toronto Varsity Blues. That, that was a problem. <laughs> um, but I couldn't find anything for modern era. That I unfortunately couldn't find, and I wasn't going to try to dig that much deeper. But at least it was more entertaining than most of the game. Thankfully, Hamilton woke up a little bit in the second half, and they actually scored a couple of touchdowns. It was kind of neat. But Hamilton was the better of two bad teams. Hamilton is a better team than what they showed. Ottawa, it's what I'm expecting. Dominic Davis is proving what I was saying earlier, he's junk. Um, I don't know what Ottawa's going to do with quarterbacks because they've got junk A and junk B. Jennings should be fourth string. I would be putting in the third string at this point if they have one. I don't know. For the they don't have anything to trade to Calgary for Bo Levi Mitchell. No, what were they gonna? What would they want from Ottawa? They lost everything in free agency that they could have traded. So, um, no, you know, I do like Dane Evans though. Is he a number one guy? No, but he's doing what a backup is supposed to do. He's getting wins while the starting quarterback is injured. We all know it's Masoli's team. Dane Evans is getting wins. They're ugly, but who cares? You know, yeah, the Bombers are 
number one in the CFL. But actually, they're not. Hamilton is. Because Hamilton's beaten Winnipeg. Hamilton's a good football team. They just didn't show it yesterday. That I don't know if they played down at the level, but that was horrible. Was, the only thing that stood out was Lewis Ward missing a kick. And par for the course of that game, it would happen then. Other than that, the only thing I enjoyed was when they talked to Simone Lawrence at the half. And they asked him about, they said, gee, you're pretty quiet out there today. Because he was, he wasn't saying anything. And he said, yeah, you got a mic on me. I'm not saying anything. Everybody knows that. So <laughs> the players learned from last year. Now they don't, that was all about um, banks being fined. There's a lot of comments coming from Hamilton players about not saying anything anymore because they'll get fined. So that was the only stuff that was entertaining because that game sure wasn't. Let's go and talk about the fun game. I'm going to make a quickly a prediction, though. If the Hamilton Tiger Cats play like that next week, the BC Lions will beat them and beat them handily. Oh, yeah. Beat them badly. If they could stop Simone Lawrence from getting in the backfield. Pretty pretty much any other team would have beaten Hamilton on this game. Yeah. Well, that was poor all the way around. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. Okay. Is that everybody on this one? Yep. Charles, did you go? Yeah, you went. Will did. That's it. I got nothing to say on this one. Hamilton, 21, Ottawa, 7. It's not 2 nothing, but it was pretty boring. Okay, Will, you lost this one because you picked Ottawa to win. And, CJ, you did as well. Uh, Charles, you're out by 22. Phil was out by 20. Mark gets a gold star. Nine-point spread. You had two gold stars today. Your total of 19 points off on those two games. Not bad. We're not going to go to the 27 points for the Edmonton game, but, you know, not, 9 and 10 so far. Uh, the last game of the week. This, you know, funny thing. I, I said I was going to change my pick to Montreal, and I should have, and I, I meant to, and I absolutely forgot. And, uh, you, there's no coulda, shoulda, wouldas, uh, but uh, I ended up picking Calgary, and uh, I got the loss along with everybody else except for Phil. But this Montreal-Calgary game was a stinker. Actually, it's not. It was a barn burner. It was wonderful, and it's the way that it happened, but I think it's funny what's happened since then. Uh, I think it's funny that the Stampeder fans are losing their mind over the officiating. Officiating. I think it's funny that Dave Dickinson is, is coming public. I think he's going to get fined. And uh, I love it. So I just uh, put up a little quote there. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, go ahead. Talk football here, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Well, just quickly on Dave Dickinson. Winnipeg fans used to love calling Wayne Gretzky whiner every time he came into Winnipeg. But he was a whiner. Okay, let's just oh, face facts. But 
there would be an interesting chant coming out of IGF. 25,000 people chanting whiner. And that would be fun. Anyway, no, this game was amazing to watch from a pure football standpoint. And thank God Rod Black wasn't calling the game. I don't know who the new guy is, but I love him. Uh, this game was just fun to watch. Vernon Adams is showing us more and more that he's a quarterback. We'd all pretty much tossed him off to the rock pile kind of thing. You know, he's he's done. He's been around too long. He's really showing he can be a quarterback in the right system. It was just back and forth. They matched each other. It was like watching an old-school boxing match where just matching each other with heavyweight punches. Huge plays. Uh, Robeson is now tied with Rose for Winston Rose for the um, interception lead. So you got him going again. Um, can't think of the receiver's name off the top of my head from Calgary. That just what, did he have four touchdowns? Was that Rogers? No, that was uh, Reggie Bagleton. Bagleton. Reggie yeah. Bagleton. Four touchdowns. It was just so much fun to watch. Jeremiah Johnson was ripping up the field. Every time they needed something, he got it for them. Uh, Posey had a really good game again. It was so much fun. Over a thousand yards on offense. Controversy at the end of the game. I don't know if we should go into this now or wait until the end because we're going to get there eventually. But there's the two touchdowns that the Stampeder fans are losing their shit about. One is the goal line push. What did they do when there's a mass of humanity like that? They lift everybody up and go, okay, I see the ball, touchdown just like they do for a first down. That's what they saw, and and you can't overturn that. It's too hard. And the one in the corner in overtime, like we were talking about earlier, I don't think, Will, you were on, but if you're slowing the replay down to hundreds or thousandths of a second or zooming it in so far you need to see an individual blade of grass, it can't be overturned. They took way too long on that one to overturn it because you couldn't tell. They had to go with what was called. It was called out of bounds. So he was out of bounds. You could not tell. It is too bad the game ended on that kind of controversy, but it's also fabulous that it did because you saw great offense, great defense, and controversy to end the game. There's your CFL finally this year. We finally got a CFL football game. Both teams were running. Both teams were passing. There was great defense. It was just fun as a fan to watch and have no skin in the game. Who cares? Who wins? It was just fun. Go ahead. William, talk to us about your game. You were there. You saw it live. I was there. I was there. I was there, and I wasn't was not one of the people who left. Okay, because I remember the BC Calgary game, and it can go either way. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, 
as far as what Dave Dickinson said at the end of the game or when he was interviewed after the game, when I watched his interview, and he was he was quite emotional. Okay, and I said this in 2017 when the Stampeders lost the Grey Cup and they interviewed Mark Quay McDaniel and he threw somebody under the bus. Why do you talk to reporters right after the game? Because you're hyped, you're emotional, you should be quiet, okay? You shouldn't talk to anybody. It's that simple. I think it's unfair for anybody to be interviewed right after the game when they lose because things are going to come out that you don't want to come out. Okay, and I didn't watch Dave Dickinson's interview today, but maybe he's more calm now. Anyways. Nope. Um, oh, isn't he? Okay. Um, I, he should watch the film. I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in Dave Dickinson because he is the leader of that team. And what you say, and I've been discovering this quite often, quite a lot in the last year or so now that my grandson understands me what you say will influence people i'm still here am i still here yeah i hear you i hear him okay christopher where'd you go hello anyways let's keep on talking i don't know mark you must have um yeah i'm here anyway what i was gonna say was uh I've discovered in the last couple of years what I say influences my grandson a great deal. And that, you know, as the leader of a team, what you say is going to influence your team. And I hate a team to go into something with the attitude that we really didn't lose that game. The refs fucked us. Okay. And I hate that attitude. And I'm surprised that Dave Dickinson did that, but he did. Um, the game in general was very entertaining. Um, the two touchdowns Reggie Begleton got late in the game, I'm shocked that they happened like they did because it was like a replay of his first long touchdown. Who's making all the noise? Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, I mean, that was nobody dropping something. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm like the second touchdown Begleton got near the end of the game was an exact replay of the one he got five minutes before. Did Montreal not figure out that they were going to try that again? And they did, and it worked. Obviously not. So I, I, I think there was a total breakdown in coverage there. But, hey, it was an entertaining game. You know what? If you don't want to leave it up to the refs, you score more points than the other team, and you win the game, and it doesn't matter what the refs did. And I haven't looked at any of that stuff, and I'm not going to look at any of that stuff because it's a waste of time. So, and as far as uh, all the comments on uh, on uh, Facebook and stuff like that, I've stopped looking at those comments because they're calling Dave Dickinson a whiner. And, Mark, you mentioned that Wayne Gretzky was the biggest whiner. I think Winnipeg fans thought Wayne Gretzky was the biggest whiner because Winnipeg always fucking are lost to the fucking Oilers. That's why. Okay? Yeah, pretty much. Let's face it. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty but much. everybody so, lost to the Oilers because that's what happened. But I've never yeah. seen a player go and whine to an official after a play so many times as Wayne Gretzky in one single game. Never mind his career. Yeah, I know. Every I know, so he, but he, I know he what. Owns that. He owns that. 
that the most amazing thing for me is I read some of the comments on Facebook about Dave Dickinson. And one of the things I've been doing, and I don't know if you guys have noticed in the last three or four weeks, I haven't been commenting on on a lot of stuff because you know what? I'm reading the stuff on some of our Facebook pages right now, and it's just crap. There's so much crap right now and negativity out there. I'm not even going to respond anymore because it's just not worth my time. So there you go. It was a good game. There's no doubt about it. It was an entertaining football game. And if anything, I want to be entertained. I am much more entertained when Calgary wins because, of course, I would like Calgary to win. But you know what? In my mind, nobody should have lost that game because they both played their asses off. And uh, Calgary's uh, Calgary has a their biggest problem right now is their defense, and their defense wears out faster than it's ever worn out, and that's a big problem for them. I I don't even think the game would have been would have been that close. Um, I know in the third or fourth quarter, Montreal went down the field and scored a touchdown and they were in the process of scoring another one, and a Calgary player got hurt on about the eight or nine-yard line, I'm still convinced he wasn't hurt because I think their defense needed a breather, and he gave them a breather, and they ended up stopping Montreal. Montreal only got a field goal, and uh, the defense was refreshed after the guy because the guy was on the field for a long time, and I'm still not convinced he was hurt. So... I mean, you might think that, you know, Calgary wouldn't do something like that. Every team does things like that. Every team does things like that. And it's worse yeah. in soccer. Yeah. Go ahead. Prob. Yeah. Charles? Uh, head and shoulders, that was the best football game of the year. Um, it was exciting. It had every... Um, Every uh, thinkable thing you had it, good defense, spectacular plays on offense, uh, a big comeback, controversy at the end. There really wasn't anything that um, it didn't have. I mean, yeah, so when you're looking at the, uh, you know, was that, um, was he in the end zone, Eric Rogers there? Well, if you're looking at it in fast motion, um, uh, it looked to me like he was out of bounds. When you looked on the replay, there was some question there, although I never saw a replay uh, anywhere that um, showed um, conclusively that he was in bounds. Um, Second of all, um, I've seen a few people online trying to, um, they have a still photograph up saying, oh, look at this, he's clearly in bounds. Still photographs are very, very misleading at times. First of all, it's not a clear photograph. It's a a capture from TV. So when it pauses, the color is blending. So it's really hard to tell if his foot is on the ground or not. Second of all, when you're looking at a still photograph, you also can't tell 100% if the receiver has complete control of the ball. 
I mean, sure, it looks like in the picture I saw he has both hands on the ball, but does he bobble it? Does he bring it in? So they're bringing in these still photographs, and still photographs are very, very misleading depending on it. You really got to look at the video, and like I said, if you're looking at the video, it's really um, uh, very little uh, showing that um, conclusively that he was inbounds and he got a foot down. Uh, but overall, this was a great football game. This may have been Vernon Adams Jr.'s coming out party. This was probably his best uh, performance in the CFL, his best game to lead his team back like he did. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes um, pulled off an outstanding onside kick. Uh, that was a textbook on how you complete an onside kick. It was absolutely perfect. Uh, so good on there. I mean, when you're up 28-17 with less than a minute to go and uh, you're at home, there is no way you should lose that game. That is inexcusable, especially a team like the Stampeders, uh, defending Grey Cup champions, teams that uh, uh, Stampeders typically are good wins at home. But, hey, give the Alouettes credit. They kept battling and battling. No one would have said two words had they rolled over and lost. No one would have said anything. But, hey, they were able to pull the win out. They made a spectacular comeback. And it was a fun game to watch. It really was, uh, especially for people that didn't have a vested interest in the game. It was an outstanding game to watch. Uh, like I said, it, it was probably the best of the season. And, hey, it was nice to actually see someone other than the Lions blow a last-second lead like that. So there was that, too. So a uh, big game for um, <laughs> big game for Comfort, the uh, Alouettes. Yeah, right. It's not just us. Big game for the Alouettes. Uh, Stampeders, yeah, they're pissed off, but you know what? Then don't blow, a, don't blow an 11-point lead in 43 seconds. Sorry. Uh, you're not getting any sympathy from me. Okay, Charles, yeah, I, I have was a gonna, question for you. I was going to hold on. I got to mention one other thing. Charles said there was everything in this game. Did they mention on the TSN broadcast about the brawl before the game? No. I don't know if they mentioned it. I did see it online. I didn't remember if they mentioned it or not. Online, it was that. There was a a brawl before the game, too. Okay, so that game had everything. There'll be a couple of suspensions from that one. That's right. Yeah, there will be. Of course, Derek Dennis, anyway. So... Charles, this is week week 10 of the 2019 CFL season. Yep. And when you started on your analysis of this game, you said, by far and away, this was the best game of the season. Do you recall saying that? Do you believe 10 weeks ago you would have uttered those words out of your mouth about a Montreal Alouettes game? No chance in hell. Not a chance. Mike Sherman, head coach, Jim, Tavis Reed, general manager, tire fire, no quarterback. Oh, my good Lord. And you just said that. I honestly, in week one, I honestly can say that I wasn't positive and confident that the Alouettes would even win a single game this year. We didn't even think the team would survive the season. Yeah. Okay. I've been saying... I've been saying this for years. That's the best thing about the CFL. 
you can change overnight into yep. a decent yep. team, or not necessarily Absolutely. overnight, but within one season. Okay. Oh, they changed within the season. Christopher, yep. we, who's Montreal's head coach? <laughs> hey, uh, Kahari, Kahari Jones. Jones. Exactly. <laughs> it's, we've spent how long ragging on him as the offensive coordinator in BC? Of the BC Lions. Yeah, we 100, ragged, 100%. ragged on him. And I'm not saying he was what doing I a terrible about job. That. It's just he was. What happened? Well, he's a better he's head coach. coach. He's, he's not a good coordinator. Maybe he's a better the head thing coach. You can look coordinator, at, which is he weird was to a say. Quarterback. But well, he's also he a quarterback. Hang though. on, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. One at a time here. We're talking over each other. Okay, sorry. William, go he's ahead. He's also so he, he was a quarterback. William? So he's got to be a leader. He's got to be a leader. And apparently the guys like to play for him. So that makes a huge difference. Okay, Mark, go and ahead. And maybe, sorry, He's maybe Vernon Adams finally got the tutelage. Yeah, maybe maybe Vag has finally got the tutelage that he needed. Yeah, possibly. Mark, what were you saying? He's not only as the head coach, he's also the offensive coordinator. Well, he's doing both jobs. Mm-hmm. And he's doing is he doing both jobs good. still? Yes. Well, maybe he, he, as a coordinator, offensive coordinator under Wally Buono, he could not do his job properly and efficiently. And that doesn't come out of my mouth easily, but it uh, I don't doubt that. I, I honestly don't doubt that. Charles. What's that? Were you? Did you have something to talk when everybody was talking over each other? No, no, I'm done mine. Okay. Okay. Anybody want to add anything to this game? Put up your hand. No. Okay. Final score: Montreal Alouettes forty, Calgary Stampeders thirty-four in overtime. Wow. Wow. Great game. Great, great win. Everybody lost this game except Phil because he's the only one that picked Montreal. I was going to pick Montreal, and I was going to pick it. Stupid score, but I was going to go high. I would have won this game, but Phil gets the golden ticket. So two for him, two for Mark this week. Phil at 12, Mark at 10, Charles 9, Will 6. CJ still got his two. I'm happy and proud of my two because it's more than what the BC Lions have until next week. And then they're going to play Hamilton and they're going to win and then they're going to play Montreal and they're going to win and they're going to play Toronto and they're going to win and they're going to play Montreal again and they're going to win and then they play Edmonton and they go, <gasps> what the fuck? Okay. Um, anyhow, let's, uh, let's talk some football. We've got, had some fun here with the games and we've got a few things. Matt Nichols appear appears he could be out long-term after being injured in Thursday's game. Can Strudler carry the load, or do the Bombers need veteran help? Well, they reached out to Kevin Glenn. He said, no, 
do they need veteran help for what capacity? They would not be bringing Kevin Glenn in to be the starter. They would be bringing him in to back up Chris Strebler. Uh, is Strebler capable of handling the load? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Because it sure looked like uh, Matt Nichols has separated his shoulder. It doesn't didn't really look to me, didn't look like a separated shoulder, but uh, separation is uh, not any better. Uh, it is different, but it's not any better. So uh, it's going to take a long time before he's going to uh, get his uh, throwing shoulder back into place. Uh, I saw a lot of comments on on Facebook about banning the tackle. Banning the tackle where you bear hug a quarterback from behind and land on him, and he doesn't have the ability to put out his arms to soften the blow. Granted, it wasn't fun. Uh, nobody would like that happening. But we cannot take legal and legitimate tackles out of football because somebody doesn't like them. Okay? I, it, I, it, I don't I, – I feel bad for Matt Nichols. I feel bad – I don't feel bad for Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, uh, not one iota. But um, I feel bad for Matt Nichols because he got injured. That's no, nobody wants to see a, a, a good man go down. Uh, I do think he's a good man. I don't necessarily think he's a good quarterback. Uh, but it's football, you know. It, it it's called tackle football for a reason. Well, you're going to get tackled, and you're going to fall awkwardly, and you're going to get hurt. Uh, ask Travis Lule, ask Buck Pierce, ask Dave Dickinson, ask any quarterback out there that's been short. Their career has been shortened by a hit. And most of the time they're legal. Some of them were legal at the time and they're not anymore. Uh, and if we keep taking the good tackles out of football because there's a possibility somebody could be injured you might as well just put little flags on their ass because it's not a game I want to watch it was a good tackle and I'm sorry that Matt Nichols got hurt and uh but do the Bombers need a veteran presence on their team they need a good quality backup quarterback and at this point in time I'm not sure they have one I do think that the uh Levi Mitchell trade for Andrew Harrison, uh, Adam Big Hill might be uh, something that uh, Wade Miller and uh, what's the other guy there? Uh, he's the president and CEO. Uh, who's the general manager? I don't remember his name. Kyle Walters. Kyle Walters should 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 think about and and reach out to uh, Huff and see if that's a possibility right now. Um, okay. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Should uh, should uh, the Bombers look for some veteran help to back up Strebler? Is Strebler going to be able to take you guys the distance? Because if, if Matt Nichols cannot continue the season, what's the quarterback situation in Winnipeg going to look like? If he's out long-term, they will try to bring in somebody with experience. It just makes sense. Because if something happens with Strevler, he gets injured or he just shits the bed. Jonathan Jennings, he's available. I think Ottawa was trying to shop him around. 
Um, yeah, he'd be great as a janitor, or maybe he can do the John Cornish towel wave thing. Um, he's not a quarterback anymore, sorry. If I had a choice between the two, I'd take Drew Willie before I took Jonathan Jennings. Sorry. Um, though I could see them going after a Jeff Matthews kind of guy who really is just another backup, but he's at least been in the CFL. Uh, we only we don't have I don't think we have another quarterback in camp in on the team, so they're either going to have to bring in a body regardless. Um, I'm not sure if Nichols will be out the entire season. He has posted pictures since the game of him doing stuff with the team. He doesn't have a sling on anything. Now, that doesn't mean a lot. Uh, you know, they have said they're going to tell us tomorrow. Guys, it's Mike O'Shea talking. He's going to tell you, Dick. We aren't learning anything. He's either going to say he's out for a week and we'll see, or he's on the six game. That's all you're going to get out of it. And it pisses, this is the one that pisses me off. It's, they're probably going to call it an upper body injury. They're probably <laughs> not even going to tell us what it is. It, more than likely, that's all they're going to say. Um, it'll be vague. It'll be very vague. It's, it's Mike O'Shea. Let's face it, he's probably going to throw in there somewhere that they have to look at the film. So... Do I they think wait the for the MRI? Be, yeah. Do I think the Bombers are going to be as good with Strebler? Obviously not. But I'm not expecting much out of the game this week coming up against Edmonton. That defense could make life hell for Strebler. But there's the five-yard dink passes that the Bombers are great at. To Harris, to Whitehead, to Harris, to Harris, to Harris. That's what they did with Nichols. I don't see it. I don't think it's going to change. That's the one thing. They don't really have to change a lot of the offense. And Streffler, he's got the legs for running. So you know he's going to be doing that a ton. That's what you've got to stop him from doing. Yeah. He's got to grow up. Both of them. You have to stop both of them eventually. Um, they probably will bring in somebody. Kevin Glenn, I think was I think that's just stupid. <laughs> funny as hell. Uh, it's it is funny, but it's stupid. Like, and if it came down between Drew Willie and Jonathan Jennings, Drew Willie, please. <laughs> uh, what is Drew Willie's status right now? Did he retire? No, he's a free agent. Okay. So he is available. He is available. There's a few guys out there with some experience. They're not very good, but they're out there. You know, Marcus I, actually, Crandall I, might I be heard Gary Durant wants to play football. <laughs> oh, God. But he'll need a starting bonus from the Bombers first. Yeah. Uh, somebody else can go. Charles, 
You there? Yep, I'm here. Well, I've heard a lot of Bombers fans saying, well, Strebler uh, should be the starter anyways. They should pull out Matt Nichols and put uh, Strebler as a starter. All I'm going to say now is be careful what you ask for. Um, It's a disease in Winnipeg. Yeah. It it is. 50% of the fan base wants the backup to play. All the time. doesn't matter who the backup is. Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans want the backup playing. It, 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 it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so, it so. is. Uh, the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy. But uh, I'm sorry, if you saw Strebler come in in relief for Nichols uh, on Thursday, he wasn't very impressive at all. He didn't complete a pass. He only threw three, and he played... Almost two quarters. So, um, yeah, and the, the, one of the passes he threw got intercepted. So it's not like this guy is a bona fide blue chipper. I mean, most of what he does is, Will mentioned it earlier, he comes in and runs short yardage, play, short yardage plays. And then every once in a while he'll drop back and throw a pass. But, uh, is this guy ready to be the starter, the the guy? Well, we're about to find out because he's definitely going to start next week and uh, probably for a few weeks after that at least. So, um, like I said, be careful what you ask for. This will tell us a lot about Chris Trevor in the coming weeks, whether he is whether he is uh, the a guy that could be a guy, a starter or whether he's just uh, a flash in the pan. You know, second stringer. We're going to find that out fairly quickly because this is his shot to show that he does belong. So we'll have to wait and see. He's never really been – has he He started, what, one or two games before? Or has he ever started a game before? Strebler started like five or six last year. Uh, did he start that many? Yeah, Nichols couldn't start the season. Oh, that's right. He was injured. You're right about that. What were – were they a you know, 500 team? He was, they did a decent They did quite well. They not? Okay, well, let's see now if he can continue that. Uh, again, he was a new guy last year, so do teams have a book on him this year? So lots of questions with Traveler here, so we're going to see how he works out. Yeah, let's see what the Bombers did. Uh, last year, week one, they lost to Edmonton. And then they beat Montreal. He's one and three. He's one and three. And then they lost to Hamilton. And then they beat BC. That would have been two and two. Okay, so a 500 quarterback. Oops. And then he lost. They they, they beat BC and then they lost to BC in in week five. And if I remember correctly, he was still there. Travis, no, that was Matt Nichols and Travis Lulu. That was the the BC, yeah. Nichols came back and lost, so he 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 was two and two. So not exactly anything to write home about. No, well he he got good. He he put up a lot of yards. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot of yards is one thing, but they all. What counts is the win. 
Of course. Yeah, so Mike Riley put up a lot of yards last week against Hamilton. It didn't make a difference. Without question. Yeah, so... so. So let's in, see how he two, does. Let's see more what his record are the record is rather than what his passing yardage is. Okay, in in um, 2018 he threw for uh, 1134 yards for 11 TDs and five interceptions. Okay, so those are decent numbers. So. Those are respectable numbers. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if he continues that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Nichols was nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. He, he was 18 TDs for 13 interceptions. That's getting yeah. really close to that one-to-one mark, where Strevler was two-to-one. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, William, what's your thoughts on this? What should Winnipeg do about well, the quarterback you, situation? You know what? I know, well, Matt Nichols is probably going to be out for at least a week. And you know they <laughs> yeah, tried to they tried to hire they tried to hire a couple of guys, so I'm thinking their next game, their emergency third string quarterback should be Buck Pierce. Let's bring the Bucker out for another game, okay? You never know because we haven't seen any hellacious hits like that in a long time. <laughs> and you know, Winnipeg I, I does don't know. have an I offensive. Think... Winnipeg does have an offensive line now. Okay, so what the hell? Let's give it one more shot, Bucky. Okay? No, who knows about Matt Matt Nichols, and we'll never know. But you know what, Mark? The one thing I've noticed, the only interview that's, you know, I watch. It's one of the highlights of my day. I watch Mike O'Shea's press conferences every day because I just oh, they're love awesome. the guy now. He's got they're this. Awesome. He's got this swervy fucking smile on his face, and they ask him questions, and they know what the answer is going to be, but he still gives them the same answer. And I'm telling you, I laugh my ass off when I watch those things. But there's only one interview that's, and I and I like Mike O'Shea interviews. Matt Nichols' interviews are horrible. I just, there's something about that guy's personality that I just don't like. But anyways, um, yeah, well, they're going to bring somebody in, maybe. We'll see how long he's out. We're not, we're not going to know how long he's out until the game he comes back in, okay? Because Mike O'Shea doesn't, doesn't comment on injuries because they're personal, okay? So whatever. Anyways, we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, that's it for the Matt Nichols. I don't have much to say. J.R. Taval? Tavali? Who is this guy? Avoided a suspension for his hit on Vernon Adams Jr., which was similar to the Simone Lawrence hit on Zach Caleros. Does the league need to be more consistent in terms of handling discipline? Well, the only reason why this guy didn't get suspended, never mind for two games was they weren't playing Saskatchewan. Okay. So when Saskatchewan's quarterback gets hit, a hundred thousand Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans bombard the league with letters, phone calls, tweets, whatever. And 
The league just does this to shut them up. Shut, just stop, stop. And uh, so that's kind of what it is. The biggest problem here is Montreal Alouette's fan base is not is considerably smaller than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan base, and they don't have the lobbying power that it is. Let's face it, it's all about lobbying power. You talk about Donald Trump and the politics of you, and the NRA lobbying go and the pharmaceutical lobbying lobbying groups. It is that's what it is. It's all about lobbying. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders lobbied the league way better than the Montreal Alouettes do. That's my take on it, and that's where it's going to go. Um, but because uh, Mark just is enjoying all of my comments this this week, I'm going to let him go first. Mark, are you still laughing or what? I'm always laughing. You know that. <laughs> So what go happened? Ahead. No, no, go ahead. Talk to me. Why was this not a suspended suspension? Do you, do you remember you the hit on Vernon Adams? Yep. You said it and, already. What? Because it wasn't the Riders. Exactly. Yeah. Any other? Mike Riley has taken far worse hits this year than Zach Caleros has, but because he can get up. There's never a, a, a hardly ever even a penalty, never mind a suspension. How many penalties were on the dirty hits that Buck Pierce took? Yeah, was a lot nine. of Buck Pierce hits were were perfectly legal, though. <laughs> like I can show you the Craig Butler one if you want, because I like watching that one. I've also seen Toronto players literally launch themselves from four or four or five yards away, and they're five feet in the air with a helmet to helmet hit. And they got nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, just the fact the, the that... The CFL's so, always been inconsistent. Always. They always will be. If it's a no-name-ish kind of guy, like J.R. Tavaya, I'm not saying he's a no-name because he is a good linebacker. But nobody's really heard of the guy. Oh, okay, well, you get a fine. Simone Lawrence, you're an ass. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, dirtiest oh, no, player in the you're... CFL. Oh, my God. Just suspend yep. him two days. Yep. It's, the, the CFL's always been inconsistent when it comes to suspensions and fines. Hell, you can throw a rep around, and it takes six months to figure out what happened. And and, and there's no suspension for that. I mean, didn't that nope. happen, just recently happen, too, again? The yep. guy got fined? And, and another fine. Ugh. And they say it's because a precedent's been set. Well, Simone Lawrence just set a precedent. Yes, he did. There's what? a two-game suspension precedent now. Right or wrong? Same sort of hit. Same sort of hit. There's your precedent. Yeah. Got a fine. Charles, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, got no... I hate to say the bias towards the riders, but, I mean, they were very similar hits. Both quarterbacks were injured on the plate. Now, certainly, Vernon Adams has come back where uh, Zach Caleros didn't. But I don't know how you suspend one for two games and the other one's just a fine. 
if nothing else, the hit, the Ottawa hit should have at least been a one-game suspension. But to just uh, give up and say no suspension on that it makes no sense. There's no sort of accountability for this. It's just they make it up as they go. And um, as far as um, Ambrosi saying, oh, well, it's a... Um, um, it's a um, precedence. Well, is it Simone Lawrence the precedent? And that's not going to get called. I don't. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense here. And I remember we heard all about how the CFL was going to be all about player safety. It was a big thing coming after the labor negotiations that they were going to get serious about player safety. Oh, you knocked quarter out, quarterback out with an illegal hit. We'll give you a fine. Big friggin' deal. They're not being serious about it. I don't know why, but they're not. And I'm sorry. If uh, Simone Lawrence got two for his hit, you got to at least give uh, one to what's his name, this Ottawa guy. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? It's um, Tavai. 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 I don't know if it's Tavai or Tavai, J.R. Tavai. But I don't know. It makes no sense. There's no there's no rhyme or reason for it. I don't understand it. Okay. Well, I guess we're all on the same page on this one. Oh, oh, oh hang on. We haven't heard from Will. Will, what's your thoughts on this? You have, you have an opinion. Do you have an opinion? I don't care. Yeah. Do I look for my I bell? Do. I guess, I guess the, the difference is that um, Vernon Adams Jr. got up. That That's shouldn't matter. But he I know it shouldn't like, matter. I know, I know it shouldn't matter. I know it shouldn't matter. But my question is this. I mean, Randy Ambrosi was preaching all of this stuff at the beginning of the year. Have we heard from Randy Ambrosi recently? No, Barely. he's been muzzled. Like, is he still around? Or is he in Afghanistan looking for new players? Like, like he's completely disappeared. He has completely disappeared in my mind. And yeah. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing to improve the league, but I think he's right now. I'm rating him as one of the worst commissioners we've ever had. And I'm shocked mm-hmm. by that because he's a former, he's a former player. So I, I wish we could hear from him on these kind of things, but I guess he doesn't talk. I don't know. Maybe he went to the Mike O'Shea School of Press Conferences. So, anyways, that's all I got to say. Yep. Okay. Let's get out of this subject. It, it it infuriates me, but I truly believe that it's because it didn't happen against Saskatchewan. And if it did, if if that hit had happened right now, at, again on, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Cody Fajardo. Yep. And he got injured. There would have been. A massive, massive uproar. And, uh, you know, we could actually, like, Photoshop a video and change 
the Montreal Alouettes jersey to be a Rough Rider jersey and throw it up on, on, on Let's Talk CFL and watch them come unglued. Because they would. They would absolutely come unglued and lobby the commissioner's office. Anyhow, no, enough of this. Uh, the Argos are said to be re-evaluating Jim Wilder Jr.'s, James Wilder's Jr.'s role with the team. Do we think his he is finished in Toronto? Well, I don't think they're really reevaluating it. They're shopping him around. They're asking if there's anybody out there that's interested in a trade. Uh, to me, that's uh, that's pretty much a, 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 a foregone conclusion that he is not going to be there much longer. Uh they now have to get – he's now got a guaranteed salary. Is that correct after this weekend? I thought it was Labor Day, but somebody had posted something about it being this weekend now that they the salary's all now guaranteed. So, so if they don't find a trade for him and they release him, they still have to pay a salary or it still goes yep. against the cap for the rest of the year. So I don't know what the hell what, – what, what were you guys thinking? It's Jim Pop. He's not thinking at all because, hey, he does not know how to think. Okay, uh, I don't know. What the hell, Mark? Go ahead. You gonna trade uh, Adam uh, James uh, Andrew Harris for James Walder? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. Wilder Jr. I don't know if we can put all of his struggles on him. No, he hasn't played anywhere near as good as he did. But is the offensive line and play calling doing him any good? I haven't really paid enough attention to Toronto to answer that. But that could be part of it. But I don't see who's going to trade for him. Who's in need of a running back right now? Edmonton? No. BC? Good. BC doesn't use a running back. John White plays pretty well, although the one thing I'll say about that is that that uh, Wilder is bigger and might be able to help a little bit more on the pass protection. James uh, Wilder doesn't pass block. <laughs> no, he doesn't really, does he? He doesn't pass <laughs> block or shit. Neither do any of the BC running backs, so it wouldn't hurt that much. Um, no, it would make a difference. It really... You can shop them around all you want, but for the teams that are looking like they're going to be going into the playoffs, Calgary doesn't need them. Winnipeg doesn't need them. Saskatchewan doesn't need them. Hamilton doesn't need them. Edmonton doesn't need them. Montreal doesn't need them. Where's it going to go? BC. BC or Ottawa? Ottawa doesn't want them. That's the least of their problems. So, so they can shop him around all they want. He's not going anywhere. No. If they want to save the salary, dump him fast. Nobody's going to pick him up right away. If they do, it's going to be at a vastly cheaper rate. So I don't know the, who would take him. And I think the most you're going to get is a fifth, sixth, or seventh round draft pick kind of thing, which I guess is okay. You got a, another Canadian kid coming in, but I just don't see anybody needing him. 
Yeah. William. Yeah. Um, you know what? I say cut the bum. He hasn't done anything since his first year. Okay. I'm serious. This guy's been all hype and that's about it. And he whined more about the money he wasn't making and his four kids and he needs a raise and blah, 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 blah. And he hasn't done shit since then. I'd cut him on the spot. Just me. And if, if this is Labor Day is the cutoff day, I'd cut him yesterday. Sorry. Just saying. Okay. You, you, you needed to cut him last week, though. Oh, did you? I thought I it was guaranteed that, after Labor Day. I thought I, it was guaranteed after Labor Day. I thought it was, but, you know, Labor Day is next weekend, so I think it was actually this at the end of this game, it's it's now guaranteed. If they made it uh, past think, this... If, I think what, there's a vet thing in there that they get longer. I think week. so, yeah. There's something to do with... Um, um, <laughs> Whether it's three With Labor years Day. or yeah. yeah. Anyhow, they should have done it two games ago when they could have done it. But Jim Pop's never good at telling time. Okay. Anybody got anything to say on this? Mark went. Will went. Charles, you're next. Yeah. Um... I don't know what value James Wilder Jr. brings to the Argos. I can't imagine it's a lot because, really, since that one season a couple years ago where he was holding out or was threatening to leave because he wasn't getting paid enough money, he's done jack all. I remember him saying, oh, well, NFL, he was getting NFL interest. You think anybody in the NFL wants anything to do with this guy after the last two years? No. This guy's been doing nothing. And like Mark says, it ain't all his fault. He hasn't had the greatest team around him. But this guy spoke up and was beaking off on Twitter like he was all-world. He thought he was the best running back in the CFL. He's not close to it. He's not the best running back in his division, let alone the CFL. So, I mean, yeah, they might try to shop him somebody. Yeah, exactly. And they might try to shop him. But they're not getting a bunch back for him. I hope they're not expecting that because it's not going to happen. So, uh, whichever, um, good luck um, with that. Uh, he's done nothing. He's not uh, a big play. He doesn't seem to be a big play guy. So, whatever. If they trade him, they trade him. If not, if whatever. But uh, he doesn't seem to be the impact player he thought he was. That's a fact. Okay, enough of this. The league and the PA say they will reassess the weather policy in the off season. Is this something they should be taking care of? Should be taking care of immediately. Well, I don't know why this has anything to do with the PA. Why because would I think this the be policy in the- was negotiated between the two sides? How it's why 
This has nothing to do with the Players Association. This has to do with the league, and the governors of the league make up rules for the league. What, asking the players what they want to do is stupid. This shouldn't have anything to do with the PA. This should be the rules committee reevaluates this in the off season. That's what we should be hearing. To include the players' association into this is redundant. Now, to the question, should we look into this immediately? I don't think there, there's a rule in place. It wasn't a bad rule. It ended the game because they were more than halfway through the third quarter. In fact, they were only like three minutes left in the third quarter when they had a rain delay. So they had an entire fourth quarter to play. Now, should it be longer than a 60-minute rain delay? Yeah, I think it should. Do they need to fix it this year? We've seen some games that gone three-hour delays in Winnipeg particularly, and not just one. There's been many, but that's usually because the rain delay happened before the, the, the half. So how – there's no fix for this, and why would there be? You, you, you can't change this rule right now. There's no – it's not – if it was a rule that mattered, if it was something that happened every week – like they've done, they have changed the rules mid-season on these defensive pass interference or uh, whatever it was, where they literally changed the rule in a weekend. It, it, the first game got played, and then the rule got changed, and then three more games got played in the weekend. They changed the rule mid-week. That's that's ridiculous. But yeah, when there's something that needs to be changed, they can change it. This doesn't need to be changed mid-season. It's not that important rain delay games do we get in a year? Three, maybe, if? I don't know. It's it, it To me, this is not important. It's not something that we even need to talk about. And uh, why is it news? Must be a slow news day, or it was just put out by Three Down Nation because they talk about all sorts of stupid shit. Charles, you saw this. What is it? What's going on? What do you think? Well, I think the whole thing is that the, the CFL was pretty much embarrassed by what happened in that one game with Montreal and Saskatchewan. And uh, to me, it seemed like this is an easy enough thing that they could be able to do it, you know, um, pretty much fairly quickly so they don't embarrass themselves again. Now, you may be right. It may not come up even again this year. As we're, we're heading into the fall. Uh, we're almost at the end of August, so typically the worst, the the uh, months where you're likely to get, most likely to get like the thunder and lightning and so on, is probably the um, past, uh, the the July and August um, peak summer months. So the problem, the likelihood of having it uh, happen again, it probably goes down somewhat. But I mean, this doesn't seem like such a a huge to me it doesn't seem like a huge issue now to me uh but i mean at the same time you don't want to uh have another situation where you get embarrassed again I, to me i think this is something that could be fixed now i mean 
It looks like you decided to wait until the off season. So I mean, it is what it is. And like you said, and like I said, it's likely you're probably not going to have a situation like that again this year. But I mean, I think they could do it. I don't see why they can't. But it is what it is. So let's just hope that they get it done and we don't have any more stupid situations like we had in that game a few weeks ago. Yeah. Happen to agree with that. Yep. <clears throat> Mark, this happens more often in Winnipeg than anywhere. What do you think? Rain delays, rain delays, lightning, whatever. They've made it way too short. Yes, the three-hour delays that I've had to deal with at the stadium are rather annoying as hell, especially when they run out of beer. (laughs) But um, they should go at least two hours. There's no reason they can't change this right now. Quickly talk to to the PA. Say, look, it's stupid. What happens if this is in the Western Final? Then what with this rule? So it would be just knowing. Yeah, change it. Either just get it changed. What an hour is just it's not enough time. That's nothing for a delay. It could be worse, it could be baseball where they sometimes wait five or six hours. And that sport's boring at the best of times. <laughs> so just do it two hours and then get it over with. Just get it fixed. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's simple to increase the time frame. I mean, you can do that with a stroke of a pen. I don't have a problem with doing that. My question would be more to the point is, why do we have this midway through the third ga- third quarter rule? Why? Okay, so if it was a minute before three-quarters of the way, then we're going to wait for four or five hours. But one minute after, we're going to call it after 60 minutes. Why don't we just have a rule on the football game? There's a minute left in the game. What do you do? You're going to call it? Yep. Well, okay. Exactly. Just make it simple. Make some consistency here. Okay? doesn't matter how much of the game is played. Let's just tell me, give me a point in time in which we're going to call a game. Okay. We're going to call a game after the first quarter. What happens if that rain delay or thunder lightning storm goes on for eight hours, but we've only played a quarter football. Are we going to start the game tomorrow? What's the rule on that? I don't know if there is one. Is it three hours? Is it four hours? Is it nine hours? No, um, and I heard, no, no, there is a rule on that, okay, I think after a quarter or something like that, if it's rain delayed and it goes past the three hours, then the next time the teams meet, you play, uh, you play two mini games before the actual game that you're going to play that day. I heard this. They were talking about it on the waggle. And the team that is leading when the game gets stopped 
gets more of an advantage, they start closer to the goal line than the other team. It's really fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd have to dig into it big time because it's really like they take the points and they do some mathematical equation to decide what yard line they start on. And then you play two mini games or two quarters before the actual game. And it's really weird. Not that they've ever had that situation, but it could happen. So it's pretty strange. Uh, it, it, it's it's ridiculous, is what it is. Okay, we gotta yeah, we gotta wrap up this show real fast. Charles, did you go on this one? I did, yeah. Okay, so that's it. I'm, we're done with this. We're gonna go real quick because we only got two minutes left in the show. Uh, with Harris' recent record, is he now considered among the best Canadians ever in the CFL? Yes. I I've always said he's one of the best Canadian running backs we've ever seen. Uh, I said that when he was with the BC Lions, and I think he's playing better football now. Um, so, uh, how? I mean, I remember on the show arguing with Will back and forth over Andrew Harris and John Cornish, and he's just came out and admitted that he thinks that he's the better one. So, yeah, he's he's the best the best Canadian player we've ever had in the CFL. It's a good I possibility in that. I don't like to throw Canadian in there. I'd no, he's one, one of the, of the best, best goddamn football players we've seen in a long time. Yeah. Okay? I agree. Yards mm-hmm. from scrimmage. Boom. Bang. He's there. Okay? Yep. I, I. Who cares what passport he holds, where he was born? He's an awesome player, and I enjoy watching him play football. He's a brute. And that's exactly what BC needs for a running back right now. We don't need these little itty-bitty guys that can't do anything. You need somebody that's going to go out there and play football and somebody who's going to block. And is big enough to block John White. Um, Jake my And head. Harris does it all. Harris yeah. does it all. Yeah, he does. The number one thing that a I, running back has to do is block. Number two is yep. catch the ball. Number three is run. Okay? Yep. It, it, it's really, it, it, it's a tailback. It's not a running back. Okay? Because really, you want him to block. If he's a great blocker, who cares what he does with the ball? Okay? If he's a great blocker. Catches the ball. Yes. Running it? Okay. Okay, let's, uh, where are we here? Oh, we got two minutes left. Go ahead. Uh, Charles, let's you talk on this one real quick. When Andrew Harris left the BC Lions, I honestly thought he was headed for uh, a downturn because he had been playing so hard in the previous few years with the Lions. Was I ever wrong? He got better once he left. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. So, yeah, he's one of the greatest uh, Canadians in the CFL history. He's one of the greatest running backs in CFL history. Forget Canadian. He's probably top ten all time. He's that good. Um, He's a spectacular runner. He's a great receiver. He's a good blocker. He, Like Mark said, he can do it all. So, yeah. He's right up there in overall running backs, period. Yeah. William, real quick, we're coming up to the minute mark. Yeah, I agree 100% on everything Charles said. Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's. Mark, I'm gonna let that, not gonna let you run because we all know that it it, it you've got everything. 
Uh, I'm under a minute left in the show, so I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 388. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we got to talk football. Great weekend of football. Snooze Fest, yet one of the best games of the season. How does that go? Why does it happen in one weekend where you get the worst game and the best game? <sighs> Don't know. Mark, go ahead, quick. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Andrew Harris is top five all-time running back, and BC sucks. Yeah, goodbye. Charles. <laughs> Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Wednesday night. We'll move for you the upcoming week. Okay, William, 10 seconds. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Wednesday. Hey, Dave Dickinson, get some cheese with that wine, okay? Yeah, go else. Oh, they did. I'm a Calgary fan.